0: Hello, I'm Kate Freeman, and this is The Daily Dollop. The Daily Dollop podcast is proudly brought to you by The Capital Chemist, Australia's premium community pharmacy where loyalty matters. On this episode of The Daily Dollop, I'm chatting about babies' first foods Join me for my live presentation, here's part three. So you're around six to eight months of age now, you've gradually increased the size of your solid meals. Now by this phase, either around six months or towards the end at eight months, again, every baby's different and don't feel like you have to rush yours, but they're probably gonna be eating around one if not two solid meals a day. So they might be doing breakfast and dinner, for example. Um, And they're definitely still going to be getting at least four to six um, breast or bottle feeds over a 24-hour period by the end of this phase. And again, that's going to be the main food. But you want to, during this phase, like I said, this is all about new experiences this six to eight month. You want to try and get a new food in there every three or four days, if you can. We're obviously really busy. Life is full. If you're working and your baby's in care, this can be really challenging, but um, just do your best. Um, But getting in that, um, that variety and those new experiences can be a really, really good idea. So at this age, your baby should be eating you know, a small range, a pretty good range of foods, mostly veggies, but we want them to also be eating foods from all of those food groups and exposing them regularly to variety. What you want to do during this phase is keep individual flavours as separate as you can. Now, what I mean by that is you can mix foods together 100%, so you might have some carrot, some zucchini, some potato, all together in a mash right and you think oh three veggies for my baby so healthy this is excellent but what happens is is that the really strong flavors like pumpkin or carrot or um, corn for example they mask all the other flavors of the veggies in that mix and essentially your child is yes getting the nutrition in because they're getting the variety in but they're not actually experiencing the individual flavour of the potato or the individual flavour of the broccoli or the capsicum or the green bean. And if you think about all of those veggies, they all have quite distinct different flavours to one another and the whole point of this phase is to expose your baby to a wide variety of tastes so that they're starting to appreciate the capsicum taste and the banana taste, and the taste of meat, and the taste of a legume, etc. If I could go back and do it all again, I would 100% do this so much better. I would just make up these bulk mashes, which have like 10 different veggies in them, in this big cauldron pot, and then they would all be frozen in the freezer. Now, it was very organised, and I always had a veggie-rich solid meal to give them, but they basically ate the same flavoured puree, at every meal every day and so then when I started with finger food and them eating like broccoli on their own, oh, they were not into it and I think had I actually separated out the flavours and given them different flavoured foods all mixed up constantly that they would have been much more accepting of those distinct flavours and tastes when I started to give them actual sort of more whole food and finger food to eat like a really great example of Carter. So he was my my fussiest, but I made him this big puree and he had that day in, day out, right? This big puree. And I remember one particular day I decided to um, mix some yogurt through it, just to sort of vary it. And he he's like only eight, nine months old and he stuck his nose up it and he wouldn't have a bar of it. And it was because I'd fed him the same puree that tasted like pumpkin because that's what I had in there and it's a very overpowering flavour for his whole life. That's all he'd ever eaten was this pumpkin-flavoured veggie puree. And now I've changed it by one food and he could tell. He was like, I don't want to borrow this. And I thought, oh, man, I've made a real problem for myself. And I, from then on I started to really vary what they were eating it's at this point that I often get questions about supermarket, like pre-made baby food. And so I think that there is, number one, enough guilt for parents out there around raising their kids. So if you're feeding your baby supermarket food, 100% fine. I bought jarred food for my babies, totally fine. Particularly when I was pregnant again and Asher was nine months old because I had the worst morning sickness. I could barely function. So (laughs) jarred baby food was my saviour. The problem with jarred baby food, however, is that it all tastes the same. And so, yes, they're getting in some nutrition and food and there's some pretty good quality stuff on the market today, but they often taste the same. And I also remember there was a brand called Rafferty's Garden that did fruit and veggie purees in the pouches. Now, all of the vegetable mixes were actually, if you turned them over, I don't actually know what they're like these days, but back then, if you turn the packet over and read the ingredients list, they were 70% apple. So yeah, they're eating broccoli and carrot and sweet potato, but it tasted like apple. And so essentially we're teaching our babies, the only way we're going to get nutrition into you is if you eat something that tastes sweet like this, Whereas you, I think we would do much better with our kids and removing fussy behaviour if we actually just gave them food in its distinct flavours, nice and separately, wherever you can. And so I would just encourage you that during this phase is to do, a, you know, just vary up some mixed meals, some separate flavours. And so you might have some pureed broccoli, some pureed corn, some pureed um, meat and some pureed like chickpeas and rather than mixing them all together and feeding them which you could do at one meal is maybe at another meal is just feed them a mouthful from each little pot just like, like you dip right and so each mouthful oh they're getting something different a different flavor in their mouth as they're eating it so you're just doing a little bit of both there so just some more foods that you can start to try again there are no rules really these are just you know varying things based on ease and familiarity for most people, but start to bring in broccoli and capsicum, carrot, zucchini, spinach, you can start to bring in more fruit, berries, um, stone fruit and melon, more of your um, animal-based foods, so tuna, salmon, turkey, mince, yogurt, lentils, kidney beans, pasta and rice, so really starting to bring in these more flavours and foods from all all of the food groups, what you're aiming for from a textural perspective here is overcooked, but you're wanting to start it to be a little bit more lumpy now. So you might have a carrot that's sort of fully intact, but it's so overcooked that when they put it in their mouth, it just sort of dissolves and smooshes really, really easily for them. Or if it is a puree or a mash, it's not S- super smooth. It's it's uh, starting to get a little bit chunky. Now, this is really important that we don't stay on purees for too long. We start at purees, which is starting to get them to learn to swallow and move food around their mouth with their tongue and the, the motor skills around that. Actually, one of the things that a lot of people don't know is that eating, so chewing and swallowing food, is a learned behaviour. It's not an innate behaviour. And I've had fussy children come through the clinic who never moved from purees. And so they are sort of four or five years old, still having pureed food because they never progressed beyond that. And now they're, they're very stuck in their preferences for wanting food like that. But more than that is that they'll because they weren't encouraged to have more lumpy food and their food wasn't made more challenging as they got older is that they now lack the skill to eat so now they don't have the motor control they might lack the muscle tone in their jaw they don't have um, the coordination in their tongue and now they can't eat and they have to learn how to eat and it's never too late you can work with a qualified dietitian I've got one on my team who takes what's called the sauce approach which helps, kids um, learn to eat again. Um, But if you can do it in these early years, oh, amazing. You can avoid a lot of problems. So so don't forget that eating is a learned skill that they they have to learn how to do it. So we don't want them staying on purees for too long. So things like rice and couscous, quinoa flakes, they can all be really well cooked. So they can be nice and gluggy, but still a little lumpy well-cooked veggies, um, your soft fruits like banana and really overripe pear um, can be great or just like smoosh some fruit with a fork a little bit, etc. or you can like stew it and, um, and mash it as well. Um, you can have bread strips because um, bread, generally soft, can dissolve in their mouth. Um, you can give them more larger chunks of meat that they can then hold and suck on, so they're not necessarily – chewing and eating it, but they're starting to um, just experience that feel of meat in their mouth. I remember when Carter was about eight months old, my um, stepfather-in-law gave him a lamb bone (laughs) off his plate and I was like, don't. I don't know why I panicked about that, but I did. And he freaking loved that bone and we couldn't get it off him. It was just like, and he was sucking on it and enjoying that. Anyway, he loved it. All right, so moving on to the next phase, we've got eight to ten months. So by this age, babies are starting to get this lovely pincer grip and their their coordination and is starting to grow and they're getting a bit of dexterity, which is super cute. So you're starting to introduce some finger foods. So finger foods, they're ready for finger foods when you start to notice them sort of go with their thumb and finger to pick food up as opposed to just their whole hand to pick up off the high chair tray. But again, lots of food variety, flavours and textures, but you're starting to put whole things, you know, on their high chair tray for them to pick up and eat. So by this age, by generally 10 months, most babies are going to be having a good three solid meals a day. So potentially breakfast, lunch and dinner, in addition to three or four breasts or bottle feeds a day. So and bottle feeding is still going to be a pretty good chunk of their nutrition, but food's really starting to to make a pretty good um, impact. So, you know, between 40 and 50% of their calories now is going to be coming from food. You might like to start offering some little snacks throughout the day as well. They're a really great opportunity for um, finger food. Actually, just before I get onto the last phase, a couple of mum tips around this is that I remember this particular time when Asha was about nine months old and I, I, I sliced a banana onto a really cute little baby plate and put it on her high chair tray to which she just picked up the plate and like banged it around and banana went everywhere and I was like, hmm, okay, no plate. So I didn't use a plate after that. And then the next time I cut up the whole banana on her high chair tray to which she then finger painted and threw the banana, etc. And I was like, this is so weird. Like, why are you not eating this? And what was happening was, is I was just simply overwhelming her with too much on her tray. So she's just learning to like pick something up and focus in on it and pick it up and eat it. But I just like put 10 pieces of banana on her tray and she doesn't know what to do. So she just finger paints and goes goes to town, has a great old time. So what I ended up doing was just slicing one piece of banana off and putting it on her tray and that's it. And she... Then because there was nothing else there, she could focus on that, she'd pick it up, she'd have a bit of a play but then she'd pop it into her mouth and then it would all be gone and she'd look at me with her little hand, she'd be like, oh, and ask for more oh cute. And so then I put another piece on her tray and I ended up with finger food feeding her like that because I actually found I had better success that way she could focus on it. Just one thing at a time. I'm not overwhelming her with a plate and cutlery and cups and all these different finger foods, just one thing. And then I'd vary it up. Maybe it was a blueberry or a piece of cooked pasta, something like that. So that's just a couple of thoughts from my experiences there. But, of course, if you don't mind them making a mess and throwing things, like just put stuff. I had a friend who she didn't care about mess as much as me. I was, I'm a bit of a clean freak. But she would have like these big platters of fruit and veggies, cooked veggies, like meat, like chicken and bread and all sorts, dips. And, this, and they'd sit out in their backyard and her youngest baby would just like crawl. He'd be crawling around and he'd crawl through the plate and she was just really chilled, mum. But he would sit in the middle of the plate and put things in his mouth and play with it. And they have a great old time. wasn't really my cup of tea, but you've got to find what works for you. I think there's no wrong or right way of doing it. It's really just about giving your child lots of variety, lots of new experiences, and then, you know, helping them have plenty of opportunities to learn and and build the skills of eating. That's it for today's episode. Tune in to the final part tomorrow. A big thank you to the Capital Chemist and the Daily Dollop in crowd for their continued support of our show. We couldn't do this without them. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode and if you love what you're hearing, please leave us a review.